Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Weekday Chat. Today, we're going to be talking about how we as Christians are called to live while the eyes of the world are upon us. So the question is, how do you live when everybody is watching you? Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's podcast. So on Sunday, Steve gave us a great message from John chapter 11. It's this amazing story. Jesus' friend Lazarus dies, and Jesus shows up at the tomb, and he, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and he, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. And um, along the way, right after this instance, it, 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 there's this remarkable little thing that says, you know, the, the high priests are all really mad at Jesus for the miracles that he's doing, and, and the religious leaders decide after he raises Lazarus that they want to kill him because after, they raise, after he raises Lazarus from the dead, everybody starts following Jesus. It's this incredible miracle that people can't deny. And so so he is gathering more and more uh, authority, more and more followers, and the religious leaders don't like that. But it, the interesting thing is that at the end of John 11 and the beginning of John 12, they don't just want to kill Jesus. They want to kill Lazarus, too, because Lazarus's life was such a witness to a watching world, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. Also, it's a little nonsensical. Like, you're going to try to kill a guy who just rose from the dead? Like, <laughs> exactly. can't you come up with a better plan than that, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, I just love the fact that Lazarus, after he was raised from the dead, his life was such a powerful witness to a watching world that the religious leaders decided they had to kill him too. And so the question that we're faced with is, uh, the world is watching us, man. So like, so how, how do we live when everybody's watching us? And specifically, how should we as followers of Jesus be different from the world around us? How does the world perceive us? How should the world perceive us? What, what do you think? Yeah, so I guess I just want to start talking a little bit about the Bible. A couple parables and stories come to mind. A couple are in Matthew 5. You know, Jesus says the the, the church, you know, his people were supposed to be like salt and light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, salt. So for me, uh, I like to bake bread sometimes. You know, if, if there's a Saturday where I don't have a meeting, normally I get up early, I start making some bread. And I had this string of Saturdays, like two or three in a row, where for some reason, I just forgot to put salt in all these loaves of bread. Huh. So, you know, I'd get through, you know, mixing everything together, kneading the bread, you know, let it rise for a couple hours. And then I'd look at it and realize something's wrong with this. And I'd take a bite of the dough and I'm like, yeah, there's no salt. That that tastes terrible. Wow. Um, yeah. Very, very dumb on my part, but <laughs> we're used to it. Uh, I did not bake the bread. I threw it right in the trash and looked at Kayla and said, well, we're going out for breakfast today. Uh, but anyway, like you can tell when salt's there. Uh, yeah. Light too. You know, yeah. Jesus said it's like a, a little lamp that you put under a bowl. No, you need to take that off. So it gives light to the whole house. Yeah. Matthew 13, Jesus says the kingdom is like a mustard seed and yeast. You know, with a mustard seed, it's a super small seed, but it grows into a huge plant. Uh, yeast, you know, you take a little yeast, you work it in a bunch of bread dough, and and you'll know if it's not there. You know, it just changes mm-hmm. the nature of the mm-hmm. bread. And yeah. even in First Peter 2, you know, First Peter says, you know, we're a kingdom of priests, a holy people. And uh, afterwards it says, live such good lives among unbelievers mm-hmm. that they'll... Um, 
they'll see God or they'll see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He uh, visits us. Yes. So, yeah, I, I think those are a lot of great examples of how we're supposed to live. What would you? Yeah. Have, what would you have? No, that? I love that. And all those things you mentioned, being the salt of the world, being the light of the world, being like a mustard seed, being like yeast. All of those share this commonality that um, we we are small, like that Christians and followers of Jesus are likely never going to be the loudest voice in the room mm-hmm. and the loudest voice in the culture, and, 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 and that's okay, but that the kingdom of God is a small yet pervasive influence that just weeds its way into everything. You can't stop yeast once it gets going through bread, all those kinds of things, and I, I, I yeah. love that. So the fact that we're not the loudest voice in the room, uh, take, take comfort in that. That's how we're designed to be. We're supposed yeah. to work from the bottom up. and. Um, and I love that. Paul says that we're supposed to shine among them like stars in the sky, mm-hmm. children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Um, and, and, and I like that. Particularly, we have been called – you mentioned First Peter 2 there – that we are a, a royal priesthood is what, that, uh, what Peter says. And, and priests had an interesting job. The job of a priest was two things. Uh, the job of the priest was to represent mankind to God and to represent God to mankind. So the priest was kind of this middleman between God and the people. And in a very real way, you are a priest. Uh, to everybody around you. God has placed you as almost like a middleman between God and the people so that so that when the people in your neighborhood see you, they see what God is like and so that you are praying on behalf of the people in, in, in your neighborhood. So we are called to be holy and set apart and separate and different and to, to shine among them like stars in the sky. And yet, we're not called to be different from the world just so we can thumb our nose at the world or say, we're so much holier than you. We're going to be separate. We're not going to be yeah. around you raging pagans. We don't like you. We're we're called to be different from the world so that we can show them who God is. And and I, I so there's this tension that our holiness is not just meant to so we can create a little special religious club, but our holiness is supposed to be something that is for the sake of then going back into the world to show them what God is like. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 that he wants to be all things to all people so that by all means he might win some. So that means we got to do whatever it takes to build bridges to these people so that they can see our holiness so that they will glorify God. So yeah. it's this grace-filled difference. But I, I, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that whether or not we think so, people are watching the way we live. They're watching the way you yeah. talk to your kids, the way you treat your spouse, the way you do your job, the way you fill out your taxes, all, all those kinds of things, the way you treat your waiters and waitresses. Um, the, the world is watching us. They're watching what you put on social media, all those kinds of things. So knowing that people are watching us, Riley, how do we evaluate just the way we're living to know whether we are being salt and light or yeah. how we need to grow in this? Yeah. I really liked the uh, the shirt that Steve had on Sunday. What yeah. did it say? Like, people are watching or yeah, something yeah, like that, yeah. which is kind of creepy, you know, like a, a big <laughs> yeah. brother kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, you know, there's, yeah, cameras everywhere. Well, yeah. That's, that's obviously not what he's getting at. But, I, you know, when we look at these parables, salt, light, mustard seed, yeast, uh, I, I do like what you said there. Um, all those All those are small things. Mm-hmm. And I think that says something about the nature of what we're supposed to do. And Hmm. that's really difficult in a culture where everybody wants to be big. Yeah. Um, You know, having followers on whatever social media platform, being known for something, being successful. I think we we think, you know, we want to influence a big number of people. We want to be loud. Um, we want to be out there. And, and, you know, sometimes some of that stuff is good and necessary, but 
you know, you think about these parables and I think what they're saying is start small. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what that translates to is, you know, just life on life. You know, how can you start with your neighbors? How can you start with your coworkers? You know, everybody's I, I think one of the things that's hard for people to wrap their heads around is we we look at these really influential preachers or, you know, we look at a missionary that visits the church and we're like, I can never be that person. Mm. And we've kind of created this idea that, like, those people, like, they're, they're you know, they're the people that really represent God mm. when, you know, we, we need to have more of an attitude of, no, even, even in my small circle of influence, I can be salt, I can be light, I can be a mustard seed, yeah. I can be yeast, whatever that is. And, you know, an, another piece of this is for people that have a big circle of influence and are very, you know, upfront about what they believe, you know, following God, whatever it is, you know, those people really need to be on their guard. Mm-hmm. We've had over the last handful of years, a lot of preachers, apologists, different people who've, you know, some kind of scandal has come out about their life mm-hmm. and that's totally destroyed their ministry. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for those who, who are going the other way, who are out there, that they really need to watch themselves because people really are watching. Absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. And, you know, we, we yeah, you're right. The, the world says, go get a big stage. And Jesus says, be faithful in a little bit. And then then, then maybe you can be yes. faithful with much. Yes. And yeah. I'm reminded, I think it was Mother Teresa who said, do, do little things with great love. Mm. And that that's the kingdom of God. I mean, just, just do little things with yeah. great love in, in Jesus's name. Um, Real quick, yeah. you know, a big piece of this is there are people out there that want us to fail. Yeah. And they're they're watching us to see if we fail. Yeah. So, you know, that that just a factor in all this, we have got to be above reproach. Yeah. Don't screw up. There, there's there's your message for the day. <laughs> uh, no, but 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 this really is true uh, that that it, it does start in all the little things. And I know it's a, a corny question and I don't have any bracelets to give you today, but man, WWJD, what would Jesus do? You know, like as, as you're sitting there at work or as you're having that conversation with your friend or whatever, you know, like what would Jesus act? How how what, how would you act if he was sitting right next to you? And then just remember, he's not just sitting right next to you. He's actually living in you. And so then do what he would do mm-hmm. uh, because he is very much alive in you. And so practically that means like, hey, when, when you're in conflict with your spouse or when you're posting something on social media, in particular, maybe in response to somebody who has a different opinion than you, maybe you go remember Ephesians 4.29, where Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may give grace to those who hear. Is your speech building others up? Is it giving grace to those who hear? Uh, maybe uh, in, when you're at work and you're tempted to slack on a couple little things or fudge a detail here and there, maybe remember Colossians 3.23, that whatever you do work at it as though you're working for the Lord and not for men. If God was your boss, how would you do that little thing? How would you write that email? And and then do that. And as you are faithful in those little things, God will shape you into the kind of person who can be faithful in the big things. And people see the little things. You know they do. People do notice those things. Yeah, absolutely. Another issue that comes to my mind in particular is we're just living in such a culturally tense moment where there are so many hot-button issues that people feel very strongly about politics and the pandemic and and all, all, all these issues that are going around. We all know them. Um, I just encourage you to think very carefully about what hills you're going to die on, Mm -hmm. because there are some opinions worth holding very tightly. 
And there are other opinions that are okay to have. Just don't hold on to them too tight. Um, and, and for me personally, I've decided the only hill I'm going to die on is Calvary, you know? And, and, and so, so if somebody has a different opinion about the pandemic or about voting than I do, I'm not going to get into it with that person because ultimately I don't want to spend my chips on that conversation. I want to spend my chips yep. on the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he calls you to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. That is an inherently offensive call. So I don't want people to be offended by anything else about me, by any other opinions I have. I want to be all things to all people. If they're going to be offended by something about me, I want them to be offended by the gospel and nothing else. So I'd say do whatever it takes to build bridges, tear down any of your opinions that build walls, and let the gospel be the only offensive thing about you. Yeah, I think another piece of that is what conversations should be handled privately and what conversations should be handled publicly. Absolutely. Um, and. I, I definitely think that Christians should be speaking into some of these hot button issues. Sure. I'm sure that's something you absolutely yes, agree absolutely, on. Absolutely, absolutely. It's something you've done. Yeah. But you know, there's I would say something different to somebody that I was sitting across the table from than somebody that I was than the post I would make on Facebook or yes. or even you know yeah. for for you and Steve. I mean. You know, you might say something different in a private session with somebody than you would on a Sunday morning. Yeah, and we'll have a different conversation when the microphones are off. Exactly. And, and that's just natural yeah, and yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Something mm-hmm. we need to be wise in for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's wise. So then bottom line is most people would say, and if you're not a follower of Jesus today, maybe you would say that the biggest hindrance to you coming to faith is that Christians are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, and yes, I am. Yeah, certainly. I uh, There are things that I believe that I don't always live up to. And my guess is there are those things for you, too. So we're all hypocrites. But bottom line is. How can we continually work to make sure that when people see the way we live, they are seeing that we are genuine people who love God and love others? Mm-hmm. I think a big piece of this is repentance. You know, so many, so many people they're they're just not willing to say, "I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I got that wrong." Yeah. And I think that's why a lot of people think we're hypocrites is because you know we'll we'll want to talk about some social issue that's important to us but then on the side you know we're, we're doing whatever immoral thing yeah and it, it just like how, how can you you know how can you say jesus is about this when you're doing this yeah so i, I think a big piece of this is repentance you know if you know, if somebody sees you doing something wrong, man, I'm sorry, that was wrong. I'm trying to do better. Here's some of my story here. You know, here's how I'm working through this. Um, this isn't me. This isn't what Jesus wants me to do. I, I think that's such a big piece of it is, you know, we're just not willing to say sorry for very much. And I think sorry heals a lot of wounds. Man, that's so that's so good. That's so good. I don't have anything better to add than that. That's that's really rich. Jesus says, you know, let, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So um, li- live a good life where you can look somebody in the eye and say, follow me as I follow Christ. And don't be a braggart. Don't be proud. <laughs> but let people see that you are living a good life so that they will glorify God, not glorify you. And when you screw up, be humble. Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all and, uh, and, and recognize that we are all in need of grace and let even your failures be an opportunity to lead people to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. So. Thanks, man. That's good. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, I know this was helpful to me. I mm-hmm. hope it was helpful to you too. And we hope to see you on Sunday when we continue our series on the gospel of John. Have a great week. Thank you for listening today. It's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. 
If you have any questions about our church, would like to attend an online service, or plan an in-person visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.